Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore is brought to you by our generous listener supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you appreciate what we do and would like to join them, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to this very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your venerable host, as always, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me, directly across from me, that lovely, talented, educated, scholarly co-host who just, I can't get rid of, Brittany Page. I thought you were going to say laid. Laid. I thought you were going to end it with laid. Hashtag classy laid. Yes. Brittany Page. I try. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Things are Uh-oh. starting to heat up. You know how much I love talking about the weather. <laughs> it's a real good time. Yeah. One of your favorite Intellectually topics. stimulating. Mm. And it's a bummer. Yeah. The weather. If I could live in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. I mean, other than living in Milwaukee. Right. It would be much better for me. Yeah. Milwaukee weather with Southern California restaurants. Well, people think I'm a mental patient because I don't. Yeah, that, actually, that that would be perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah. Somewhere like Montreal, Canada. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be perfect for me. It never gets hot there. Well, people think I'm a weirdo because I bitch about Southern California weather. And I talked about it on the show before. It's. It's not that I don't like nice weather. Mm-hmm. It's that it's the same thing all the time. Right. If you had to pick one song to listen to for the rest of your life. Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead. Yeah, that would be a good one. Okay. But no one would pick. That's great for five minutes. Yeah. But if that was the one song you had to listen to 24-7 for the rest of your I life. I don't think that song's great for five minutes, though. <laughs> I. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a funky little tune. Not no, funky at all, it's not. It's a tune. It is a tune, yeah. <laughs> uh, not good one, yeah. All right, I don't know why I'm delaying here. We have today, based on the information you have from the podcast notes and the title, because you can't hide anything in this medium, Adam G. Simon. I know him as Adam Simon, because yeah. he's a buddy of mine. But apparently IMDB, you have to get down to the nitty gritty. Mm. He is involved with projects like Man Down, the movie starring one of your favorites, Brittany. Yeah. Gary Oldman. She loves Gary Oldman. But Shia LaBeouf and Kate Mara from early seasons of House of Cards. Yeah. You're Adam. Thanks for coming on the show. Just to say hi. Yeah, man. But you, you wrote the movie. I did. Which is... 
I'm fascinated by the movie business because what brought me to California originally was I wrote a screenplay. You're kidding me. Yeah, well, it it didn't... Uh, it, it didn't get made, so I used to say I we wrote need a, a sad horn. I, I used to say I wrote a movie, and uh, and people, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. Well, what was it called? Well, it's not called anything. It didn't get made. It's, it's incredible. It's collecting dust. So I know it's just obviously script, but buddy, I've got like twelve of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're good. So I'm I'm fascinated by it. We we talk about we were Brittany and I are kind of dicks about movies. So nice. We. We, have you seen Have you seen Man Down? I haven't. Good. We're such dicks that we didn't even watch your movie yet. I think that's I think that's good because if you're such dicks about movies, <laughs> I don't want you seeing it before I come on. <laughs> Get eviscerated and then we don't speak to each other for twenty years. No, we're just <laughs> no, you know just we, we appreciate. Uh, we, I appreciate the art form for sure, but storytelling is you you gotta have it in you. Yeah, I mean it, it, clearly it's a skill set you can learn. But if you don't inherently have the, the 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 nuts and bolts down in you, like it's uh it's this visceral thing, well, you know, I think you're not going to be as good at it, dude. You just hit something that a lot of people don't talk about. I, I heard uh, Frank talking about Frank Grillo talking about this in an interview where he said either you got it or you don't, and the you know anybody can get David Mamet's you know, online learning course to how to write a screenplay. Is, you, is there such a that's, thing? That's a thing. Yeah, people are doing that now, right? Like Kevin Spacey's doing the acting, uh, huh. you know, let me teach you how to act. Dustin Hoffman did a, ma they're called master classes, right? Hmm. And I, I think there's value to that. I, I want to listen up. I've, I've seen Kevin's stuff. I got a personal story about Kevin that I can share with you later that's really kind of awesome. He, he affected me in a really big way as a kid. Um, in meeting him, but uh, yeah, David Mamet's got one. Uh, oh, who's the writer of um, great shows? Newsroom. Uh, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin's got one. Well, the thing about that is, you can't learn to write like Aaron fucking Sorkin. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. You can't learn to be David Mamet. Like yeah, uh, yeah. Th these these people have their own voices and their own thing. And that the secret I I think about writing or acting or anything in the arts is being a hundred percent of who you are. Yeah, like bringing you to the table. Yeah. So now you're gonna sit here and teach me how to be Aaron Sorkin. I don't want to be Aaron Sorkin. I, I always I equate it to it. I I'm want gonna, eight I'm, page I'm gonna bring, long monologues. I'm gonna bring the level of discourse way down right now. <laughs> And I'm going to compare it to like American Idol. It's, okay. It, and yeah. also very topical since it's a show that's not even on the air anymore. But when you have these kids show up and they're like, I'm going to sing Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. It's like, uh, this is not going to fucking go yeah, well. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> this is going to be a don't bummer do for this guy because only Whitney Houston was Whitney Houston. Right. Only Michael Jackson was Michael Jackson. Yeah. They're, they're, they're unduplicatable. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't even like you want to do Mariah. You go right ahead. Yeah, you, that's a possibility. 100%. It's a tough one, but it's doable. Don't don't try to. You want to do a Paula Abdul song? You know what? I'll do a Paula Abdul song. Yeah, I I, but, buddy, uh, I feel that way about movie remakes. Yeah, like I th I think there's certain movies that just don't don't mess with them. Superheroes, I get because there's issues with rights and studios having rights and they want to re up the rights and all that stuff. Uh, also, there's a suspension of belief because nobody's going to kill off Wonder Woman. Nobody's going to kill off Superman. They're going to continue they, to they go on. They acted like they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with like remaking. Who bought that though? Yeah. I mean, like, who's. But to remake things like, you know, let's do a remake of uh, 
you know, uh, even I would I would even take it to Magnificent Seven. I liked the movie. I thought it was entertaining. It was enjoyable. But I think there's certain like, oh, let's redo On the Waterfront. You know, like yeah, let's yeah. redo. Like, why would you do that? Don't just don't. Let's do you know Mean Streets. Let's redo Mean Streets. Like that's not gonna a Dog Day Afternoon. Anything Al Pacino did in the seventies. Well, the <laughs> like just the don't, Atlantic, don't do it. The Atlantic. Uh, I believe yesterday wrote an article. The the magazine wrote an article. I'm very smart, Adam. Uh, they <laughs> no, published see an article. They published an article about how Hollywood. And I don't want you to shit on your business, but you know, it's I do all the time. About <laughs> they have an originality problem, and, yeah. and, and it's it's driven by f- finances. Yeah. And that because the the viewer market in China will eat up, you know, Transformers 212, every version of a Transformers movie. It makes it financially viable no matter how the box office ends up in the United States. And it's a bummer for the quality of movies because you keep not to say, again, we're going to get in trouble with listeners if I start shitting on movies that people love, you know, like just, just let me do well, that. We, we, in previous episodes, <laughs> we just shit on WWE. Apparently, I was saying the word WWE in a very contemptuous way. In a very contemptuous, I was like WWE, <laughs> and you know, people were upset because they love, they love the the refined nature of the entertainment within the worldwide. What is it? World wrestling entertainment. That's right. That's so right. I think you're referring to the Hollywood has a huge millennial problem article written by Derek Thompson. I don't know. Okay. I'm well, just, I, I'm just trying to the give title. the writer That's credit awesome. because right, right. you were not. So I'm going to check that out. It's about sequels, right? You right about yeah, sequels right. in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, the best, uh, some of the best advice. And again, I don't want, I, I just, I'm, I, I got to kind of preface what I'm about to say in this, in the sense that, um, I get very excited about people that I I get to work with. Sure. And so I'm always like like promoting people. And so it can come across very easily to people that are, you know, hear me for the first time or get exposed to me for the first time that I'm sucking dick. And I'm and I'm not. Like I I genuinely I got no problem throwing love around. Yeah. Uh for the people that I love. And um you know, so we we were talking a little bit earlier about Joe Carnahan. Uh, Jesse Dolomore unfortunately got roped into a wonderful Twitter uh, <laughs> thread that included Joe, Tom Arnold, myself, Mark Dice, Mike Cernovich, and uh, we'll get to Mike Jesse Cernovich. James. We'll get to them, but uh, <laughs> it was interesting. But um, he, you know, he he told me something. He said, "You got to find the line. You got to ride that line between art and commerce. You got to find something that's, that's you know, com- awesome. yeah, commercially viable, but still has." an artistic heart. And I was one of those guys, man. And I, I, I think when I came to first working with Joe on this, on this new project, uh, and Frank, I was coming from the perspective of like, it's art or nothing. Like I'm, I'm telling truth. I'm telling true right. stories. I'm coming at, at it from this perspective. And he's like, buddy, you're going to starve to death. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> the, you know, the term starving artists exists for a goddamn reason. Yeah. I mean, and I was one of those guys that was homeless uh, for, for a long time, I did a lot of free work. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've made, I was telling my daughter in the car ride over here is I said, look, I'm, I'm, my job as your dad is to not shield you from things, which I think is a mistake that a lot of parents do. They kind of overprotect and shelter their kids, but it's to say, look, I did this. 
and I made this mistake. You don't have to. There's a there's a roadblock coming up a mile ahead. You can go around that thing, yeah, uh, and avoid it. And so I I did the starving artist thing. I worked with. I'm, I'm not about to you know out anybody or diss anybody, but I I worked with people that were really close friends. You know, good people, respected artists. If I drop their names right now, you go, oh yeah, I know that guy. And I worked for free. For nothing, just yeah. just for the sake of you know that awe of like oh my god I get to work with this this really talented actor or this really talented director and we're talking years, buddy, like two three years of just sitting there and cranking out 115 page scripts for nothing. Wow! And and they never saw the light of day. They're still sitting on somebody's hard drive, sitting on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I get the starving artist. That shit ain't happening anymore. I'm getting paid. Well, talk, <laughs> so, talk a little bit about. Tell me a little bit about what it's like working for. Because it is, you know, I'm. It is. I, I've often get asked like, "Oh, you should go do commercials or or act." And you got a great voice. People so act like. So thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Both of you guys. That is commercial, mighty, commercial. mighty kind of you. So do you, Adam. <laughs> we all have good but, voices. But a lot of people act like it's easy, you know, it's just as easy as you knock on hall, like there's a door of a building where you're like, hey, everybody, I'm here. I know you've been waiting for me this entire yeah. time. <laughs> it's, it, that's not how it fucking works. Yeah, it's not. I, yeah. So, so tell me, uh, just spill all over me. That's a, not uh -oh. a good metaphor. Oh, Just yeah? shower me, Do you want me with, to your, shower you? with your with, with your your experiences of like oh experiences. On the movie, yes, you yes. wrote a oh. movie that 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 known A listers yeah. starred in. What's that? Is that just fucking surreal? It's weird, man. It's really weird. And I I, I do want to say um on on that note real quickly that through this process, this kind of shit process that I've had to go through and just eating shit sandwiches for years, mm. I've found the people that that are really really lovely and really great to you're, work you're with. being very hollywood right now with your phone fucking blowing up yeah while no, you're on I'm, the show. I'm turning it off i'm turning it off it's it is unacceptable off. behavior there it goes there it goes it's off um <laughs> but this is this is also uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you about you know your question i'll answer your question in a second but um i did want to say this is one of the reasons why i i'm constantly talking about shia because even post man down this guy's always dealt with me in a very fair yet really artistic, uh, artistically free um, way. He he came to me on a project after Man Down, and I had been working with with another artist for a year and a half, sans pay, and cranking out a script for this guy. Mm -hmm. And Shia came to me and he's like, "I got a project. Uh, I'm thinking you could write on it. What's your take? What do you what do you want to do?" And I said, this is this is my take. This is what I'm thinking. Great. Here's a contract. Awesome. I submitted something to him. He's like, don't like that. Go back to the drawing board. Revamp it. I went back, gave him something new. I love it. Check. Like, that's how the business should work. Yeah. And he's always been fair with me. He's, he's you know, always, always treated me very kindly. He sends me very wonderful kind of notes every now and then. We check in with each other. Um, so I'm always going to defend that guy. You get so much shit, especially from the alt-right community. Um, and th that is just somebody literally that I would, I would take a bullet for But yeah, now no, we can No, I, your, listen, I'm, uh, on that. We'll get to the experiences of the yeah. movie, but Shia LaBeouf is a guy who I've probably been shitty about years and years ago. And 
I have come. I think a lot of that is like media constructed, the, yeah. the narrative around him and kind of the stunts Absolutely. that he does possibly. Absolutely. I, don't know. I think it's under the under the guise of art. And I think the guy does. Come, he is trying to be an artist. Yeah. And I've really and even prior to our meeting, I've I've kind of switched my tack on Shia because I, I see him putting himself in physical goddamn j- danger. Danger. Straight up. Guns, in the face guns of, being of political angst and, a, and an environment where it's not easy to voice opposition to this administration. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten many, many death threats, so I know. But but I've also not done it at, a, at an art installation and sc- having people scream in your face and be... I mean, that's... I had a I had That's a guy, the extra mile. Yeah, I had an actor uh, who I also leave nameless, but I got into a discussion with him and and uh, he started shitting on Shia and then uh, I threatened him with physical violence. But then you know I I told him I said you know man you'll go to these rallies with security and and bodyguards and you'll go to these photo ops and you'll walk red carpets. This fucking dude stepped out in the middle of New York with Rockets. a camera and yeah. no one. Like yeah. just himself camped out there and dealt with white supremacists, with Aryan Brotherhood people, or as Paul Joseph Watson likes to call the Aryan Brotherhood, Trump supporters vo- vo- voicing their uh, right to free speech. Right. Um, you know, but that's, you know, he was in the middle of that. And I said, show me another actor, show me another celebrity that's on that kind of ground level, street level. It's gritty. And yeah, and it's like Dave Chappelle says, you know, it's, it's dismissive to call someone crazy. Because then you discount anything that they're doing. You just go, oh, that guy's crazy. Right. He's not crazy. Like he's he's super intelligent, um, and and a very very great humble human being. There's a line in in um, the trailer for the new McEnroe movie where Shia plays John McEnroe. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that it's, project. it looks great. And he said something, and when he was saying it, I'm like, man, that's fucking him talking. <laughs> but <laughs> the line is. He's talking to these reporters and he goes, every day I go out there and I put my everything on the line. I put everything into what I do. And you don't fucking understand it because you don't fucking do it. Yeah. And I, I feel that way when talking to critics. I feel that way when, when, when I'm talking about, you know, people on the outside that looking in. And to your question where you said you don't just walk in and knock on the door and say, hey, Hollywood, you know, I'm here. Yeah. Um, if yeah. there is a door, let me know because I, I will dude, go knock on it. I would love that door. <laughs> Gosh. It was so. There, you guys are a bunch of secret handshaking bastards. Oh yeah, the Illuminati's real. I'm a member. <laughs> I'm a card carrying member of the Illuminati. They're small cards. You would think they would be like big or made out of metal. Cardstock. Like an, so oh, weird. really? So weird. That's cheap. It's got a pyramid with an eye in the middle of it. You know, Mark Dice is going to take this interview. I think that's a dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? But if you fold it, you can see where the treasure is. Oh, oh that's kidding. right. No, we're going crazy. So, so, so tell me, what's it like writing a movie? Brittany, <laughs> Brittany is, is looking at like, me I like, I don't even know what to do. I am at the whims of this guy's ADD. Yeah, she I, does. <laughs> she dove, does give the eyes. I, I was giving no eyes. I was smiling. It was a smile. You know how you smile when, when you're in the presence of somebody that is talking? <laughs> like one of Mark Dice's Illuminati videos and you just have that wide-eyed like gaze and you're just nodding your head? That's what Brittany was doing. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Mark Dice, for the, for the benefit or the, the detriment of the I'm audience, <laughs> is a YouTuber conspiracy theorist who believes the CIA is boxing him out and he's a, he's a maniac. Yeah. 
But he's somebody who's commented on my videos and tried to mix things up, and yeah. I ignore him. Yeah, he he needs to be ignored permanently. But yeah, um, talking about Hollywood, I mean, I uh, you know I grew up here. I was uh, born in Bellflower, California, and then raised in the ass crack of California, Lancaster, Palmdale, mm. uh, which is... Is that 909? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so like, uh, it's just, it's crazy, dude. White it, trash. Yep. Yeah, there you go. That was great. <laughs> I literally, you know, and my, my dad was a cop uh, and then and then went into corrections uh, he doesn't like me talking about him on air, so I'll just stop there. But um, yeah, raised in in a Mormon household. Yeah, oh. uh, was a bit of a Mormon zealot uh, growing up. Uh, Did you go on a well, mission? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. to be Where'd a good go? Mormon, you kind of have to be a zealot. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you gotta go. You There's gotta no lukewarm Mormonism. No. Sorry, Brittany. Where did yeah. you serve your mission? So I served uh, Southern Texas Spanish speaking. And listen to how I'm saying that. Like, even now, it's like, I served. Yeah. Well, we uh, know the lingo. Her, yeah, yeah. her best friend is a Mormon. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. My and first boyfriend, I almost converted for him. We used to read the Book of Mormon together. Wow. So romantic. Have you seen the Book of Mormon musical? Yes. yes. Fantastic. Yeah, it was Super amazing. awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Joe, uh, Joe Rogan does the stand-up. It's really great. Uh, triggered uh, his new stand-up, which is funny. It's really funny. He kind of strikes me as like a too cool for school type of a guy, but um, whatever. But he's, he's like legitimately super funny. But in it, he's he talks about how, you know, Mormonism is a good cult because they just kind of, you know, they the Book of Mormon comes out. They take out an ad in the playbook. They kind of take it on the chin. Yeah. yeah, they're not killing anybody. They're not insulted. Well, you know, let's whatever. not go crazy. They're pouring millions and millions there of dollars into movements that oppress actively oppress yeah. gays 100%. and their quality of life and their civil rights so no yeah it's not i mean on the scale of cults it's maybe <laughs> a better type of cult but it's still a cult that oppresses people. and and on top of that the thing that i think he missed in that and i know it's, it's just comedy and right, it's, right. it's a stand-up I, i'm getting a little fired up sorry no 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 but you're right you're right 100 percent. and and on top of that um what people don't know is that uh, as members of the Mormon church, they are very friendly to people with uh, opposing views and they try to go, Hey, 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 you know, you're Catholic, you're Baptist, whatever. We respect yeah, that. Yeah. We're cool. But they will eat their own. They will eat their own young. The second that you are, are, are in the, in the ranks and you start saying, you know, I think this is a little misogynist, you know, I think uh, we need to be a little more accepting of yeah. same-sex couples you know i think uh what's what's this business about uh joseph smith having multiple affairs uh before polygamy was instituted what's this about him being you know uh arrested as a con man what what's this egyptian writing at the end these facsimiles right. that it, are it, clearly right. false clearly like it's so what's it, this about the garden of eden being in missouri, in missouri. like it's beyond l ron hubbard level yeah. insanity yes. and proven false like by genetics by freaking biology by archaeology and but the second you start talking like that you're possessed you know well, you're you're you're, you're excommunicated you're, for apostasy like my stepdad was yeah you're you're influenced by the adversary you're you're outcast and they they come at you 
knives knives sharpened man before I, those questions though before you ask those questions it's yeah. real nice with the casseroles and the oh, dude, helping with the housework man, look, and everybody coming together system, it's really nice great. yeah yeah it's it's super great it's a great community it focuses on family look there's a there's a lot of things but i'm i'm pretty much uh, opposed to religion in general Yes. Um, that's that's where I've come. So I, I went from, and I talked, it's funny, I had a conversation with a guy who's an actor, uh, struggling, really struggling actor, uh, who was on, served a mission with me, and he's no longer in the church. But he uh, he talked to me, and, and he's like, boy, you were like, you were like the, the freaking Osama bin Laden of Mormonism. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, I was, yeah. I mean, it's so easy when you take 18, 19 year old boys that are at the height of that, like testosterone, like, yeah. you know, here I am and they're trying to find out their identity and you shove them into orthodoxy, you get some crazy shit coming out. It's like out a of competition of who can be the most Mormon. Yeah, who absolutely. Who can be the most, the, the greatest champion for, <laughs> for Heavenly Father. I am only listening to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in Enya. And if you, you, you bring. Enya. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a weird thing. Enya's really popular. Really? Yeah. really? Really? Yes. Wow. That so, what, what soothing was the, melodies. What was the final straw for you? Do you remember? Can you pin it to one thing? Yeah, or? absolutely. Um, I, and I, you know, anybody's, there's so many different ways that people dismiss you when you start bringing up critiques um, of the religion. They start looking at your life choices. Right. Like they'll go, oh, well, Adam went through a divorce. He went through a bankruptcy. He was obviously doing something to uh, anger God. So that's why he ended up where he, where he is, or he had a chemical dependency, or he was depressed, or what, whatever it is. So they dismiss you and excuse right. you away, which is what people do to Shia. Well, <laughs> this all comes back to You're Shia. also bad PR. Yeah. You're a Mormon who's struggling with, with life, with real life grit yeah. issues. That's, it doesn't look good for the church. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you're, if you're Brandon Flowers... You know, who's a lead singer of the Killers, and he's doing "I'm a Mormon," you know, commercials on YouTube. Oh yeah, I that's great. You know, that's I made great money off those commercials. A lot yeah. of those played over my videos. Well, there. You <laughs> <go>. <laughs> so yeah, like, like thanks a lot, Mormon Church. Yeah, that's that's great. But if you're if, if you're somebody that's going, you know, you could be better. You could do better. Like this, e even if you're on that level. Like I'm like, look, this is this is bullshit. Like it it just is. Like, you know, <laughs> nobody came over from Israel yeah, in yeah. ships yeah. to America. It didn't happen. Like, it did not happen. Yeah, th there, there wasn't a, a, a tribe of, of American Indians who were is Israelites yeah. who were then wiped out by the darker skinned. Yeah. What we know as American Indians today, yeah, because their skin is not white and delightsome. Skin pigmentation is not a result from being cursed by God, right? And it, that was the first one. Mm. So the first one was, I mean, I grew up, you know, Lancaster, California was crazy. It was like NWA, Public Enemy, Misfits, Black Flag. Uh, you know, it was this like punk rock, rap, craziness. While you were seeing guys, you know, with sombreros riding on horseback and, you know, singing mariachi music, like right, it was right. just this crazy world. Um, and so music started to like plant those seeds in me 
Um, and so I had an, even on the mission, like I had these doubts, but we didn't have the internet. We couldn't just go to Google and right. just be like, yeah, you know, right. uh, Joseph Smith marriage history, <laughs> you know, or yeah. like, you know, Joseph Smith arrest record, you know, yeah. you could, you couldn't do that. And so, uh, you know, it was actually, uh, the church's own writings, hmm. uh, started reading in the, in the history of the church. Uh, there's a thing called the journal of discourses. Um, there's, uh, that, that kind of details and, uh, chronologically, there's also books written by a guy named Bruce R. McConkie, who's like a, a church historian, if there is even such a thing. Um, and you start to read these things and start to learn like what they're actually teaching, like what, what this, this whole curse of Cain, this whole blood atonement, this, yeah, yeah. this I, I mean, everything. And that I started to go, well, wait, I think the very first step for me was going, dark skin is not a curse from God. Mm -hmm. Like that's not scientific. Mm -hmm. And then the age of the earth that's, that's proven false. Right. Like all these things started. So it just opened the door and then it started to go into the misogyny, the racism, Mm -hmm. you know, the history of of 1978 is something that we talk about a lot because that's the year that blacks were allowed to be in the priesthood. Yeah. And one that's very late. A little, a little bit late. It's very late. When, when late. I'm alive, for God to when change that happens, his mind, uh, maybe you waited a little yeah, long. Yeah, to yeah do me that. too. Me too. <laughs> and so I, I think that's something I, I talk about when I enter into these conversations, which is how do you reconcile that? You know. So I think that would be hard for me if I was in, in the faith. And they were going to lose their tax exempt status. Yeah. Well, they almost um, lost statehood because of polygamy. Yeah. And then God called on the bat phone. Yeah. It was like, hey. I changed my mind, everybody. Yeah. In my perfect perfection. Yeah. I changed my mind. Yeah. It's uh in that voice too. Yeah. <laughs> really? And I and look to anybody that's uh, like out there listening, like uh, you know, I'm not that guy. And it's it's so easy to be like, oh, this guy's anti this. And uh, look, I got the same gripes with Scientology, with Catholicism, with uh the whole evangelical yeah. movement oh, yeah. and the stranglehold it has on the GOP. But you know, there's a reason why religions in general are flourishing in countries and this one and in areas within the country where there's a lack of education. There you yes. go. Yes. You're right. <laughs> Gosh. Terrible. No, listen, it, it, it is, it is, it's no surprise that Mississippi and Alabama, we have a lot of listeners in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia yeah. and, and the deep South that... It's it's not a surprise. It's it's not a mystery why Mississippi is number fifty in almost goddamn everything: education, yeah. teen pregnancy. Yeah, it's it's because religion is such an entrenched part of the culture, and that control. It's oh no, don't talk about birth control. Don't talk about access to reproductive um, choice. Um, abstinence only. That's the only thing to talk about because Jesus. Yeah, and that's. That's it's crazy damaging talk. and it's problematic. Yeah. And I, I and it holds it holds an entire region of our country hostage. Yeah. And it you know, it may for the next fifty years. Yeah, I think and I think the biggest thing against that obviously is I, I think just the religious stranglehold that that this country has around its neck is education and travel. To answer her question, uh, the second part of that question was traveling. Um I, w- I was married and within the first year of marriage I went to China. Uh, and lived there 
in in a program teaching English to grade school kids. And I speak Spanish. I speak Chinese. I read and write Hebrew. What, like, what is I'm, happening I'm, right yeah, now? Really? Wow. Of, yeah, I'm all kinds of crazy. Uh, because when Mormonism fell out, the Hebrew came in because I'm like, okay, well, let me go back to the Bible and try to see. Yeah, you were still what, there. I was still there. Are you still there? No. <laughs> no, it, it's all a lie. We're living in the matrix. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, I, I, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, you know, us looking at the universe as, and I'm paraphrasing and I'm sorry I'm destroying this, but it's living inside of a, a closet. And we're looking at the universe uh, inside a mansion. Yeah. And we're looking at the universe through a keyhole in that closet and making you know, uh, conclusions, Sure, but we can still make conclusions. We can still see things. So I still, uh, I'm not at the, at the, at the Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins level. I I still hold, hold a, hold a belief that there's the possibility of a higher power, Mm -hmm. but I do not think, nor do I believe in anyone that is sitting up there and meddling in our affairs and punishing people and, nor do I believe that three people can sit down and pray and fast to find their fucking car keys. Yeah, yeah. And God's going, you got my full attention. I got you. Here's the car keys. And meanwhile, these kids that I saw when I was working as a, a close protection specialist over in Ghana, these kids are getting massacred and and raped and murdered. That these kids in, in Flint, Michigan... Yeah. Are, are being poisoned that you know this stuff is happening god's like sorry i can't help you but i'll i'll, I'll find your keys yeah, for but you but gary lost his fucking his remote i gotta yeah. i gotta help him find his t- tv so would you would you would you say that you're like a deist like you do believe that there's something out there but you're skeptical of it Brittany just wrote an article for skeptic magazine oh good for you and it's called the three shades of atheism mm-hmm. how atheists differ in their views on god forgot the sub title well I, that's why i was doing this with my hand like <laughs> help me out help me yeah out. give so, me the three categories um well it's gnostic atheism agnostic atheism and then non-belief basically so um we asked atheists to describe their views just with an open-ended question how do you um, define your atheism and how do you differentiate between atheism and agnosticism and we analyzed over 200 responses and it kind of came out with these different ways of talking about atheism some people were absolutely certain i know there's no god right people said well i call myself an atheist because there's not really evidence that i see for a god but if there was i i would probably change my mind right so different different types of atheists kind of came through in in this article so. that's really fascinating yeah i mean I, I you know my i know my limitations and i i know i've been had i, I know i've been duped mm-hmm. uh numerous times yeah uh i mean i, I spent you know, a year and a half with a rabbi studying, you know, biblical Hebrew and memorizing the first chapter of Genesis post Mormonism, just so I could, I could, I, I just went, okay, let me go to the source of all this Christianity craziness mm-hmm. and let me try to see what's in there. And the truth is, is it's, you know, it's a book that can espouse some, some good things and some really, really terrible things. And that's really it. Like, that's what it is. Like I get more out of Tolkien if you if you really want to know hmm. like yeah. i think i think there's more lessons about like how to live one's life and live with honor and integrity out of that and harry potter for fuck's sake um 
but at least they're not justifying slavery. Yeah, absolutely. Or <laughs> or misogyny or subjugation of women. Um, you know, and this is you know, it's the Bible, it's the Quran, it's it's everything. And even you know, people who try to back off and go, well, Buddhism is really you know, that's the escape for a lot of people escaping out of religion. Mm-hmm. Is they go, they fall back to Buddhism, and they go, well, you know, Buddhist is kind of like a lifestyle thing. It's like. It's like uh, <laughs> it's, tell that to the caste system in in Tibet, absolutely, where you have people who serve the hierarchy absolutely. and their life is shit. Absolutely. Tell them that, yeah, yeah, or tell or you know let's let's talk about uh, the uh, consorts, the sexual consorts right. that service the monks, yeah, that service all these people. But yet this guy you know come walks into a room and automatically we go His Holiness the Dalai Lama. You know, his holiness, the Pope, fuck all that. Like, you know, these, these are human beings. He's a dude. Yeah. Who take a shit, who, who are fallible and they're propping themselves up. And that, that's my thing. I mean, you, you walk into Utah and it's like, you know, celebrity. It's, it's crazy. Like you see these Mormon missionaries coming home and it's like people with banners and screaming and yelling. And, you know, if anybody who's in the hierarchy of the church, they're all taking pictures and it's, it's wild. Well, you, you really get your, and this is going to sound, well, there's no other, it's really the way it is. When you come off your mission, it's like you get first pick of the, of the good women. Yeah, pretty much. You didn't go on a mission. (laughs) You're not going to get like a, a chaste good well-respected well-connected lady to be your wife yeah it's you have to go through the steps and uh be approved of by the organization and that's probably with all religions i mean not to that level like it is with the mormons because that is yeah it's extra goofy yeah it's it's just a little wild and crazy so i i mean for your thing i i think um I know how limited I am in my understanding of things, and I've, I've I try to be just satisfy that voracious appetite I have for for knowledge and reading, and just trying to be as learned as possible. But you know, I know how limited I am in the mistakes I've made in the past, and the mistakes I've made in life. Just not even with religion, just in life. Mm-hmm. Um, poor judgment I've had in trusting people, um, friendships I've had in trusting people with you know my my heart, my you know. The, my trust mm-hmm. um you know I was even going back to the fact of being abused as a kid i think it all plays into this idea of i want somebody running the show i want somebody in charge right but uh, this place is chaos yeah mm-hmm. it's absolute fucking chaos down yeah. here and you know so but i know how limited i am i know how expansive the universe is so if there is some type of a uh, higher power, a God, then I, I reserve that to say, well, I haven't found him. I haven't discovered him. Mm-hmm. And it sure as hell isn't in any of these things that, you know, these middlemen are coming into the picture and going, oh, you want to talk to God? Well, I know. Right. Let, right, right. let, let me show you. Right. Listen, you know? we're, we're not, I'm not, I won't speak for Brittany, but I am not anti-religion on its face. I'm anti-oppression. I'm anti-subjugation. That's really cool. So it's a cool distinction. If if you're if you're a good person and you're religious and you're a Christian, if you're whatever, and you're not advocating for putting your boot on the neck of someone who's not just like you, and you're being a good guy, right on. I got you. I'm with you. So you yeah. can appreciate the cafeteria style. 
religion where you pick the good parts yeah. and put everything else I can away. see that sure yeah and i know i know mormons that are like that they're like dude i don't buy any of this i'm just going through the motions because it's good we have family meetings we go to outings there's good people i have good friends yeah but they haven't been through what i went through which is having my friends of 15 years show up on on my doorstep and say i can't talk to you anymore yeah, my family sure. can't talk to you anymore that's a big problem like in the jehovah's witness community too yeah yeah where they get disfellowshipped it's called yeah yeah and uh you know it's it's a very you know it's hard it's it, it's a difficult thing i just i don't buy I just don't buy it. I've, I find myself in my life, my personal struggle is I'm always trying to be Philip DeFranco, but I end up being fucking Eminem. Like, I did, like that's my that's my problem. Like, I always will sit down with people and try to try to work with people and have discussions. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That bridge. I, yeah, I got to be objective. Like, let me just check myself. And then I, I end up flipping over tables and trying to stab someone. I'm. I'm kind of a table flipper in a lot of ways, uh, not literally a table flipper, but I'm literal. That's the, and this is the problem with a lot of uh, of the religion and and the the influence in our culture that it has, and that it leads to the po political environment that we have right now. Yeah. It leads to goofballs like Mike Cernovich being able to have a seat at the table, being able to be in the White House briefing room, yeah, and getting to chastise members of the press. Which I created my own segue there, so we're gonna lead right in. <laughs> That's awesome. That was impressive. To that was awesome. Mike Cernovich right now, he is a yeah. guy who is always on Alex Jones' um, goofball hour, the Infowars. He's an yeah. alt-right social media personality. That's right. He 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 propagated and put forward. He I don't think he originated it, but he certainly uh, promoted it. The PizzaGate bullshit, yeah. where the Nutter Butter yeah. from North Carolina went in with a gun, guns ablazing. In Washington, D.C., putting people in harm's way because he believed there was a child sex ring mm -hmm. being run out of a goddamn pizza place. Yeah. This is the product of this kind of conservatism, which Mike Cernovich is a leading force of. Yeah. He lives locally, very close, right, yep. to where we're sitting right now. Yep. And, well, first, what are the legal ramifications of me putting his address on air right now? Is that is that bad? Do we not want to do that? I wouldn't. You could say it. I'm. An, I'll bleep it you, out. You see, I'm looking at at, at Brittany. I'm yeah. not looking. At, I'm not looking <laughs> at, at Dolomore. I. You're asking me a legal question. Well, That's not my field, <laughs> sir. Well, listen. <laughs> I I would subscribe to do unto others, and I certainly wouldn't want that done to me. So okay. we're not going right. to do that here. All right. Well, I got it. But D let me DM me if you want it. But let me. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of my control. I don't want you to flip me over. <laughs> no. So so I want to play a clip here yeah. of Cernovich, who has enough clout within this administration to be able to gain access to the White House yeah. with the permission of the president and sit here and chastise the media after a briefing. And then we'll talk about it. Let's do it. Why will nobody here cover the violence against Trump supporters? And why won't you demand that leaders of the Democrats disavow the violence from Antifa the way you demanded Trump disavow violence from his supporters? This is being completely covered up. You have no answer. I am, Adam. I am. I am a reporter. I'm a documentary filmmaker. And I want to know why nobody will demand that the Democrats disavow Antifa violence, terrorism against women happening in America 
Nobody will oh demand. The realize, of course, this is a Republican president. We will ask Democrats. Oh, where? Where's the interview of you demanding that Bernie Sanders disavow Antifa? Disavow Antifa. Disavow Antifa. You're not making these demands the way you did with Trump. So it's unfair, and it's very important that this get out there. Thank you. Okay, what I what I love about this is the fact that at the end of there, first of all, he's act, it's under the guise of him asking questions of the media. Yeah. So he thinks he's taking them to task. By the way, at the end of the press conference, right? Like this, right. Is, this is at the very end they when were, people are getting up and leaving. They're milling around. They're getting. They're, so that's his that's his time. Right, right. While everybody's in route he to somewhere else. He thinks he's ambushing them. Baby. And then at the very end, he says, <laughs> rather than like. I'm asking questions. You get the 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 motivation behind all of it because at the end he says thank you as though okay thank you for listening to my my diatribe because yeah. I just wanted to on the record that I had this to say. He's not really looking for answers. Listen. So it's unfair and it's very important that this get out there. Thank you. And, and then also no one's even fucking listening. They're just. Who they're, is this clown head, over here? They're heading to the cafeteria. Right, right. Like, that's where they're heading to. They're heading outside. They, they're all, and, and then this guy decides to go on this rant. Mike Cernovich. Well, listen, we're, we're, in, we're in uncharted political waters right now where characters like this, characters like Alex Jones from, from InfoWars, who believes that Sandy Hook was a hoax, who believes that 9-11 was an inside job, uh, who believes that there are lizard people, yeah. who believes there's a sex, a, a child abuse sex club on mars he's promoting ideas like this he has white house press credentials oh god and donald trump has appeared on his show and yeah, said i hope to make you very proud that I he think does I good will. work yeah it's insane it's insane you well know, you know donald trump very have a very good brain and i've said a lot of things he said a lot of things Brittany. Yes. Very, very oh, good brain. Man. So I have one more clip of Mike Cernovich. <laughs> this is insane. And this is the kind of guy Mike Cernovich is. And we're going to talk about Mike Cernovich because there, I got dragged into the mix here a little bit. <laughs> Tom Arnold and your buddy Joe Carnahan. Kind of, oh, I, I got, love it. I didn't get really roped in. I tweeted and then Joe's it kind of went downhill. Joe's my spirit animal. <laughs> but Mike Cernovich, he uses Periscope all the time. And people, yeah. they take his feed and put it on YouTube, I think probably unbeknownst to him. And you think for you think being a guy know? who claims to be a, a, a documentary filmmaker, the, it's just shitty because he's in his car and he, he's playing music from his stereo that's supposed to be like the lead in to some news report. This is him talking about the Mika no Brzezinski, way. Joe Scarborough thing. Oh, man. And... It's goddamn amazing. It's music from his car. And we're back. MeisterChangerPlay.com. Quick explanation. The Mika, whatever her name is, face left. Mika's father was the architect of ISIS and the architect of Al Qaeda. I'm going to pause it there. What in the hell? He doesn't even know how to say her goddamn name, yet he <laughs> knows all about her family and her, her history and the family's history of the architect of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Mm -hmm. First of all, Al-Qaeda and ISIS are very divergent in their, in their philosophies. They're both horrible, monstrous terrorist organizations, but yeah. they are different. Yeah. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, they are on opposing... Yeah. Uh, 
ideologies even yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so let's let him finish a little bit well i want to say yeah it's also amazing that we've gotten to the point where people can just say things and And not be checked what is he where did he get this information oh he never did he do some research i mean i'd like to know where this information came from my cernovich i've been talking to some people and (laughs) i i just wanted to say i've been talking to some of my fellow conspiracy conspiracy theorists and um uh i'm in my car right now because my wife's mad at me because uh, we had an argument not like my first wife who I used to beat up uh, but uh, you know I'm sitting in my car now still living off of the money that I got off the lawsuit from suing the woman that I abused but I'm sitting here right now in my car and um, uh, listening to uh, rap music which I don't suggest for any of my listeners nor do I condone anyway let's get into this woman because I know I know Al-Qaeda I know everything about it I speak to high level people um, yeah he's an idiot all right. Sorry. So Mika's not a good person. Her father is a, a bad person. Her father um, created terrorism as we know it. What? His in foreign the- policy in Afghanistan. So the idea that these are good people is, of course, a myth. Mika's dad is dead. And he led to a lot of people being murdered and committed terrorism and everything. So I don't really care about her. I don't care about her dad. Sounds like you do. The whole tweet thing. Whoa. I'm just going to explain to you why it works. Set aside, because whenever Trump does this, people go. Defamation. Whenever Trump does something like this, people go, oh, my God, he's crazy. He's lost it. No, no, no. It worked. It worked. (laughs) Now, everybody who everybody who ever sees Mika is going to think facelift. And the whole image about bleeding everywhere was so visual and so powerful. It was a headshot. It was a kill shot. No question about it. Now, what I've tweeted it, do I agree with it? Mike Cernovich is going to hold his tongue. Mike Cernovich is going to withhold his judgment of whether or not that tweet was appropriate or not. That isn't... That isn't for me of himself to talk about. In the third person. What do you mean it's not for you to talk about, dickhole? You just <laughs> said it was a headshot. It was a kill shot. It worked. You're you're giving your opinion yeah. and then acting as though you're going to withhold your opinion. As though anybody gives a flying... Fuck. Of your opinion. <laughs> we should continue the segment where I just fill in the profanity <laughs> as you speak. <laughs> like ad libs. I reserve the right to use my own profanity. Come on. Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Like, isn't this uh, like, I don't know. For me, like, I hear something like that. And I'm like, man, if I was Mika, I'd be well, suing the shit out of this the, guy. The the threshold legally is a little higher when you're a public figure. Yeah. So it makes sense. I, I don't, and probably she doesn't give a shit about what Mike yeah, Cernovich says. But man, like, and, and but by the way, and, her father, her dead yeah, father. That's, yeah, that's crazy. And, and nothing that I said in my impersonation is false, by the way. Like Mike Cernovich, you know, uh, pled down uh, a rape charge. Yeah, a rape charge to battery. Yeah. And it stuck. He's also tweeted about how date rape. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Date rape doesn't exist. I mean, this guy's an out. He's a what's what's frightening to me about all this talk. Right. And I've I've heard people who are friends with Alex Jones, you know, guys, guys like Joe Rogan who are like, you know, a party with Alex Jones. You know, he seems, you know, he's misunderstood. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't fucking misunderstood, dude. No, like, and I I'll, don't and I'll take you to task on that. Like this, this guy 
has a fan base. This guy is appealing and and the, the likes, the Mark Dices, all these guys, they're appealing to the people who believe that the earth is flat. Right. They're appealing to people who who believe dinosaurs don't exist. They're appealing to people who who believe that Jesus is coming to Israel to to show the marks in his, of his hands and his feet to the people in Israel and save them from annihilation. It affects por- foreign policy, this religious yeah, I- ideology. Yeah, of course it does. But these, their fan base are largely uneducated, and it's the thing that I, I, I quote this guy all the time. Uh, but Neil Postman uh, wrote about in this in this thing called "A Zeal Without Knowledge," mm-hmm. and he talks about how um, you know people aren't necessarily very very knowledgeable about a topic, but they sure as hell are passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And that's where we are. Like we're we're well, in it's that been rewarded that yeah. kind of an, an outlook on 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 life and a range of topics has been rewarded. Yeah, you might not know a lot. There's a book by Tom Nichols called uh, "The Death of Expertise." Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And he goes into this a little bit. Yeah, he talks about how uh, people just don't really value experts anymore. Kind of contemptuous of education and intellectuals, right? People who, oh, you're using your information and knowledge. You're one of those book readers. You're one of those readers, aren't you? Well, Mr. Big Brain's over here. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. guys like uh, Donald Trump's buddy on the Delta flight. Donald Trump, baby! We got some Hillary bitches on here! Guy's a voracious reader, Brittany Page. I I do want to say I had a a hard time following what Mike Cernovich was saying. So how was the tweet successful? Like, what was the what was successful about it? Because he believes that when people look at Mika, they're going to have a the visceral image of her bleeding facelift face in their head. And that accomplishes nothing. It accomplishes nothing. And this is this does go back to the Shia thing. Um, because he plopped himself right down in the middle of this, mm-hmm. like with the thing in New York, which got shut down. Then he goes to New Mexico and these white supremacists show up brandishing guns, shooting guns. Yeah. And so he closes it down there, goes to an undisclosed location and 4chan makes it like a, you know, capture the flag kind of an incident. They track him down just off of a photo, which is frightening. Yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, steal the flag and it's all, you know, like fun and games but really it's not because these people have have proven time and time again that they're willing to resort to violence and look i understand the protests that take place at like berkeley and and all those things i don't condone any of that stuff on either side i've said this you can't you can't lump in people who are just trump resistors with antifa yeah that that can't happen it's totally different yeah i'm i'm a trump resistor yeah i I, we marched at the tax march in la yeah. I'm not burning buildings. I'm not smashing out windows. I don't subscribe to their ideology. I don't subscribe to their methods. And I am your average Trump resistor. Yeah. It's different. We're not Antifa. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree with that completely. And when it comes to Mike Cernovich, like, I'm not anti-conspiracy theorist i think there there are some exercises of going through those things and not trusting government and there are some things that are really freaking shady uh that have happened and are continuing to happen in our in our country that involve the government but at uh, what with cernovich i'm anti you know wife beater 
Yeah. Um, you know, with Jesse James, I'm I'm anti white supremacist, you know. Like, well, let's get into that. So yeah. So there's Tom Arnold is trying to organize Tom's so cool. A a charity <laughs> boxing match to fund an organization that does research and I think gives relief to, to um soldiers. Yeah. Airmen, Marines, sailors yeah. who suffer from PTSD. Yeah. And Mike Cernovich was supposed to be the other end of this. Yeah. And he has, he's pushed out. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. And it was, oh, you, you know, you don't have a venue. Then it was like, well, we got a venue. We got a spot. You, you want to do it? You know, we could even, I was even like, hey, we'll, we'll find a gym. We'll find a boxing gym down in your neck of the woods in, never mind. But we'll we'll go down Orange there. Orange County, he Orange lives County. here. Yeah. But we'll you know you could you could go down there, and then it was just kind of this Twitter war, but it was a very real, tangible thing. And then when his listeners were like, "Come on, dude! Like you're looking ridiculous. Yeah. Like you talk all this talk, you take all these pictures with guns and with dollar bills, and acting like you know you're Captain Gangster. <laughs> you know you're you and it's that whole thing. Alex Jones shirt off." You know, Mike Cernovich, shirt off, all these guys posing with guns. And, you know, the most, I don't know, like the deadliest dudes I've ever met don't do shit like that. Like they, they just don't. Well, when you got it, you don't have to you act don't like have you got to. it. Yeah. And these guys, all the fake masculinity bullshit posturing that the alt-right does yeah. is just ridiculous. And then when you call them on it and you say, look, let's get together. We'll have headgear. We'll have gloves. There's zero risk here. You're fighting a dude that's older than you. Yeah. Like all this stuff. Like, come in, let's do this for charity. Like, let's let's put the money down. Like, right. let's do this. This isn't about like views or publicity. And then he says, Well, no, I'm not gonna do oh, I'd hurt him. No, you're not gonna hurt him. We took care of that. And, we, and we've got waivers and like all this <laughs> stuff. You're you're totally cool. And then he says, Well, you can't afford me. Oh, my ring fee. So now right. you're trying to get paid off of this. Yeah. So all all of you fucking, you know, hopped up on your HGH injections and your creatine shakes. All you guys who are out there who may be listening to this, who are followers of Cernovich and followers of the alt-right. Like, how can you stand behind a guy that doesn't put his money where his mouth is and is just looking to try to get a paycheck? That's all he's looking to do. And just making excuse after excuse yeah, after excuse. It. Yeah. Right. So uh, what you're referring to on Twitter, it kind of <laughs> escalated where all these people were jumping in like, you know, Joe Carnahan was tweeting about it. And then uh, Jesse James jumped into the ring. And he's like, I support Trump. And then I jumped in and I'm like, okay, everybody be quiet for a second. I legitimately want to fight Jesse James <laughs> just on principle of what he did to Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And you know, his, you know, Aryan brotherhood, you know, reservations. Look, man, when I was growing up, you know, I got, I got chased down and beat up by white supremacists. You know, I was in, I was in Quartz Hill, uh, with a really good friend of mine, this guy, Zamian Calvin, who's, I don't know where you are, buddy, but it's been too long. But African-American dude, and, and we were friends all through junior high and high school. We were out at the mall, and we got approached uh, by these guys, and I can't remember what, what it was, but they were skinheads. and Sure. They didn't like me walking around with them, and, and we got into a fight, and there's you know four of them, two of us. They lost. We won. Um, and you know, so I, I do have this kind of knee-jerk reaction with this, with this racism, but... And again, goes back to the freaking Shia thing. I mean, these guys show up, they get on camera and they're and they're 
doing that 1488 or the 1588 1588 yeah. yeah and they're saying this the guy's got a hitler youth which is it's it's pin code on. it's white supremacy neo-nazi code yeah it's like the 15 words of the, yeah it, it symbolizes something yeah and then the guy goes on to say you know our white uh our 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 uh white country is being threatened by blah 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 and shy is shouting him down and paul joseph watson and another Alex, Alex Jones guy. An Alex Jones guy. And Alex Jones himself get on and say, look at Shia, he's an idiot. He's shouting down a Trump su uh, supporter. He's stifling free speech. No, asshole. He's he's practicing his free speech. Yeah, Shia's from SoCal. Like, he's very, very freaking familiar uh, with this type of verbiage and, and these types of people. You know, there's, there's a large... Uh, uh, large organizations, skinhead organizations, Aryan Brotherhood uh, that exists in Southern California, Venice mm -hmm. Beach, and and some of those areas. But like, you know, they're all over. So he's familiar with it, and he recognized it, and tried to shout this guy down. And then they back this dude. Like the all right backs this guy, right? And 4chan backs this guy. Well, it's anything it's that, that that seems or postures itself as pro-Trump. Yeah. They're on board with e yeah. any organization that supports Donald Trump, even if it's vile, hideously racist yeah. and violent, they're behind the, yeah. the, the alt-right, you know, the Richard Spencer's, the, the Alex Jones, all of these people. We watched some interviews yesterday of some guy on the mall in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Aggressively oh, interviewing people. I saw that. Some little worm in a tank top. Yeah. Pointing his finger in people's faces. Yeah. Very aggressive. It, it, they're they're trying to incite a reaction from people who are passionate on the other side. Yeah, and if you look at Infowars and if you look at uh, Paul Joseph Watson and Mark Dyson, all these guys, they spend so much time attacking Hollywood, like a lot, yeah. a lot. And it's this Hollywood liberal elite, elite yeah, attack, yeah. right? But in reality, every single one of those motherfuckers are failed in the entertainment industry. Every single one of them. Yeah. Steve Bannon, failed. You know, Alex Jones, he was trying to be an actor and a screenwriter and a Hollywood producer. That's that's what he was doing. Failed. So you think maybe there's some contempt there? hundred yeah. percent. Mark Dice was an actor and a screenwriter. Failed. You know, Paul Joseph Watson, who the fuck knows? Maybe he was trying acting. I actually don't know about that. <laughs> but my, my, uh, Mike Cernovich, it's interesting in that clip that you played that he says, uh, yes, yes, I'm a, uh, what does he say? He says, yes, I'm a, uh, a reporter, a documentary, I'm a documentary filmmaker, filmmaker. Right, right. <laughs> right? Like that's what he really wants to be. Right. It's guys that couldn't fucking hack it. That's interesting. So they just want to be famous. So they've taken this lane where yeah. they know they're doing, it came out in Alex Jones's divorce. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm playing a character. They're fanning the flames for fame and attention. It's no different than a girl who's doing duck lips and posing in a bathing suit on Instagram. Like it's the that's same a, that's damn a good, thing. Uh, good comparison. Except for duck lips don't hurt anybody. Yeah, that's true. duck lips doesn't yeah. end up with a guy with a loaded handgun showing up somewhere, going, "No, I heard the Illuminati is are are actively raping children in this right. establishment." Yeah. Like that's crazy. Now look, uh, there are you know there is a rampant problem and this is always the line i i see it all the time people send shit like this to me all the time and they say oh you're you're probably one of those hollywood pedophiles like look it it hits home for me because i was abused as a child i was abused by a relative in the family uh, tom arnold was a, a survivor of abuse yeah, as he's well talked about it too yeah yeah and we i i speak very openly about it i'm involved i'm going to speak at an event on the 21st uh for abused uh children and uh, you know 
does do instances are there are there stories of people who have have done that who ha happen to be a hollywood producer or an executive absolutely are children taken advantage of does that happen absolutely there's a reason why there's guilds and organizations right, that exist sure. to try to protect children that are within the arts but guess what that shit happens way more in your religious organizations in because there's cover there yeah because there's all it's a private organization that isn't monitored you know so it's just this idea that there's this global fucking conspiracy and one person pulling the strings it's just absolute junk and requires no critical thinking and thought of circumstances as they are happening. well hollywood Hollywood's just an easy target, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's one, they have they do have a voice, a megaphone, and they're largely opposing this administration, like all decent people are doing. Yeah. Um and the idea of elitism, right? Like all the people that I know are working class. Yeah, sure. You know? Like the guys that I'm working with now, and this is why I'm happy in and on this project that I'm I'm working with uh Frank Grillo and, and Joe Carnahan, like these guys came up with nothing, man. And the the people that I'm working with at Garmont, like they're amazing. I don't know what they're going to think yeah, of this what podcast. You, what, what, are you, what are you? What are you working on right now? Uh, so uh, what I can say is that it's a remake uh, of a French film. Um, and by remake, I use that term loosely because it's a complete reimagination of the thing. The French film was successful and really great and really kind of awesome. Uh, one of the things that we felt like we could go back to that story and tell is the theme of fatherhood. Mm -hmm. What it means to be a father. What what it means to that scary moment of, oh shit, I'm having a kid. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. oh man. And, and what it takes to actually be, you know, a dad. And this unlikely character is thrown into this crazy set of circumstances that are very dangerous. Uh, it's an action film. But at its heart, we felt like we could tell this really cool story about fatherhood. And yeah, you know, Frank's on with the project. Joe's on with the project. But we're doing it with these guys, uh, Gamont uh, Films. And what's great about them, I've had every kind of, um, every kind of experience in screenwriting that you can imagine. I mean, I've had guys go, write this, write it this way, get the fuck out of my face, don't talk to me anymore. Right, right. You know, take the check and walk. Uh, I've had many scripts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a dancing monkey. Yeah. I've had full circle, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had scripts that I've, I've written for free, uh, stuff that I've done for free, you know, my own bad judgment and, um, you know, wasted a lot of time doing stuff. But what's great about working with Garmont is, uh, they're so collaborative and just lovely, like lovely. The, the, these producers that I'm working with over there are uh, just really great. Um, this one one gal, uh, Joanna Byer, uh, you could look her up. She's fantastic. She's going to end up running a studio someday. But she um, she's one of those people that can tell you your idea is absolute shit. And the 115 pages you turn in need to be completely rewritten. But you leave that meeting going, God, I love that person. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, God, yeah. I love her. She's so great. Well, you know, that's that is something <laughs> Brittany said professors that are they just they emanate positivity. Where yeah, they're they're shooting you down, but you, they do it in such a way that you yeah. are just it's, it's enamoring. Like Chris Traeger on uh, Parks and Rec. 
like Rob Lowe's character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where he's like, <laughs> I love what I'm hearing. This is really wonderful, and you need to start from square one and start over. Okay, have a great day. You know, and it's like, uh, but you know, we I I wrote uh, the script and just got notes, and I'm in the final stages of implementing notes. I'm on Act Three, and it's it's great, and the story's better, and and just to finally have that collaboration sure um i had it with that side project that didn't come to fruition that i was working on with shia we we have a really good uh collaborative spirit that i hope to use in the future if we get down on something in the future that's awesome um but this this is a great home and i'm always talking about these guys because it's it's good it's it's a good working environment um and on that so on that hollywood whole elitist thing like the people that i know are struggling man like when I was when I was going, I, I attended multiple acting conservatories. I went to Stella Adler School. I went to uh, a Lee Lee Strasberg Conservatory. These are all kind of like pillars of acting. Uh, Stanislavski studied studied the method uh, under a guy out in Burbank, um, and then went to a school uh, that was uh, interesting. <laughs> I went to the school out in Santa Monica. <laughs> that was the Sanford Meisner. All right. Uh, Slippity tables. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we, you know, I was out there and, uh, uh, you know, the people that I went to, to that, that were kind of in the trenches as actors and writers and, and aspiring directors, they were all like struggling to make, uh, you know, pay the bills. And sure, we're like yeah. one step away from like, Going over to the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Mercy Homeless Shelter. Like, you know, they were all like living out of their cars and they all had terrible, horrible stories. So a lot of times the only thing that we see as the public are people that have made it. We're now the flying. red carpet. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the red carpet. They're flying private jets. But it's, you know, it's like George Clooney was saying, you know, I used to when I was doing ER, I would walk down the street and everybody knew me. Everybody was stopping me to take a picture, but I was ducking my landlord because I couldn't pay the rent. Mm. And and it's it's that thing. I had a black car uh, come and pick me up to take me to the airport to fly me to set for man down. And they picked me up at the park where I was sleeping on the bench that night. Wow. So I had all my stuff packed, had the tuxedo. I was laying on the laying on this bench. They picked me up and then I'm there. And it was just surreal just watching this whole thing come together fine line yeah there's a fine line there and you can always go back to it i i you know there's this um every time uh i, I, I on this project because it takes place in downtown la i've i've spent a lot of time down at lapd he headquarters and uh down at uh homeboy industries and also down uh just at skid row uh and and going down there and i always it's always in the back of my head i'm one step away from being back there you know, and it's, it's got to be a motivating factor. Yeah. All right. the time. I'm, I'm, I, I, there's no, but then there's also compassion and empathy that comes from that, that I can, I can be down there and go, look, there's no difference between you and me. Like we're, we're all just one step away mm -hmm. uh, from that. And it's, it's um, so this whole idea of like Hollywood elitism, like, yeah, I get it. There's, there is the super wealthy, but most of the people that are key grips, lighting technicians, makeup artists, you know, actors that are in there are just, man, they're, they're hitting the grind and are struggling. And when you make it, yeah, you're blessed to, to be out there and do what you do. Let's not get sure. that twisted. But I don't, I don't condemn anybody for enjoying that. 
for like wow. getting to that point and going like, man, fuck it, I'm here. I'm taking the private jet. I'm doing this. I'm yeah, doing that. anybody who begrudges someone their success, their hard earned, yeah. well earned success, I got a problem with. But yeah. Anyway, it's crazy. Well, listen, this is this has been awesome. Thank what you. Wide ranging conversation. I feel like I feel like I was so angry. No, Do you not feel like at all. I was angry. I don't I think feel- so. Anybody's yeah. anger is always just overshadowed by my own angst and, <laughs> and, and aggressiveness. So I, I never feel that way. But uh, is there anything else you wanna you wanna plug? You wanna? Yeah, man. I I mean uh, I'm working on a project with Robert Harmon, uh, who uh, directed a great movie. I don't I don't know if you remember this, The Hitcher with Rucker Hauer. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. And uh, C. Thomas Howell, great film. And he's done all kinds of television and uh, directs on Blue Bloods, mm-hmm. now that show with Tom Selleck. Um, great guy. And uh, we've been uh, taking around a, a show with um, this gentleman, Robert Riley, who wrote a book about his time as a prison guard, uh, working in a facility for uh, seven years. And so we've been pitching around this television show uh, we've got some takers, and so I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm a That's big awesome. I'm a big fan of Robert Harmon, and we have a mutual love of each other for um, on the writing front. Really happy to be with Joe. Joe, he just speaks my language. And Joe Carnahan, yeah, is a legend. He's done yeah, all dude. kinds of stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and the it's, gray. And oh my the, god, he wrote Sm- the gray, right? Yeah, yeah, smoking aces and yeah, smoking aces too. Wow. Yeah, smoking god aces damn. is freaking phenomenal, and uh, blood bullets, octane, freaking uh, Joe. Carnahan blacklist follows blacklist. Jesse Dollimore on Twitter. By the way. <laughs> oh wow! <Yeah. laughs> and uh, he has declared that I have bigger pieces of guys like Mike Cernovich in my your stool. stool. <laughs> He's he and I take the same approach. People are like, why? Why is a guy like that on Twitter? It, man, it improves your shorthand. It improves your short game. <laughs> yeah, like you got to you got to use a certain amount of uh, characters <laughs> to just eviscerate somebody. And with visual aids, and it, I don't know, it's good practice. We we sat down, I went out and sat with him. It was like such a great time. But to sit with him and we were talking about multiple stories and projects and just kind of had this cool brainstorming session and going back and forth and writing and creating some things. Uh, but most of that time was spent on Twitter. Just going, did you just say this? Yeah, I just said this. Okay, let's get them. It's just like, you know, going after these guys. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, Frank's show Kingdom is so great. It's so like, it's about the MMA world and this guy who owns an MMA gym in Venice Beach. Frank Grillo, right? Yeah, Yeah. Frank Grillo. And, and the show's got, uh, uh, Nick Jonas, uh, one of the Jonas brothers, who mm-hmm. who has shocked me, like the acting on the show, the direction on the show, like everything about the show is just phenomenal, and it's a damn shame that it's in its final run right now. I don't know where the rights are, or what's going on. I hope somebody else picks it up. It's just such a fucking phenomenal show. Um, but it feels good to be, you know, like working with people like that, working with people with Robert Harmon. I got a script that I wrote called No Quarter that deals with child abuse, mm-hmm. takes people right into the heart of it. Um, so these other things that I'm working on are a little more commercial. No quarter is that thing where you walk into a room and you go, okay, I got an idea. You're excited. Yeah. And, yeah. and you pitch it and then they go, oh, no. it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. So I've been like trying to twist people's arms to get it made. Look, it's really tough right now in the feature space to make something that isn't wearing a cape or spandex. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's really okay. fucking difficult. Or a Fast and Furious 8. It's right. a bummer for for us because like we loved um, 
Manchester by the Sea. That is great you know, film. Awesome. It's a. Th- it's it wasn't all. It's not fast food. It wasn't yeah. laid out for you. you. You had to leave and be like, I don't know about. Yeah, well, this is why. And then you figure it out. It's not yeah. all just spoon fed, which I like. Yeah, I never got justice. Uh, in fact, I'll take it a step further. I have to run it in my head. I never got justice, and other people in my family never got justice for the abuse that they suffered as kids. Whether it was from this individual in our family or from uh, there was abuses that happened outside the family as well. Um, and, and it deals with that. Yeah, yeah, child abuse, sexual abuse. I'll just yeah. say it. And it, it, it fed my writing because I wanted to see justice. So it's, it's a different story rather than, you know, Manchester by the Sea lays this thing out and it's heart wrenching and, yeah. and really kind of profound. Whereas this is like, if, if I could be locked in a cage. Visceral. Yeah. With these people, it, it gets to that like gut level of this is what it feels like. This is what it, this is what it feels like when you're in it and when you have no recourse and no justice for these things. So we'll see. I'm, I'm pitching around that and getting it done and. And um, yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. So those three projects are we, really we great. We appreciate you coming on. Dude, um, you guys are awesome. You we guys will, are great. We will, we'll talk after the mics go, go dead, yeah. and I'll get some information from you. We'll put it in the show notes where cool. people can follow you on Twitter and everything yeah. else. Um, this has been awesome. Yep. Awesome. I appreciate you guys it. are great. You guys so, are lovely. So and, listen, we are, we'll wrap there. Um, if you have any questions for Adam, he lives relatively... Close by, yeah, close, close enough to drive in and, yeah. and stop into the studio here. So um, call in, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you enjoyed this conversation and you'd like to support the show, helping us move the conversation forward and have fascinating conversations with interesting people. You can go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's a link that says support the show. There, you can support us through Patreon or PayPal, or you can buy some shit on Amazon. That is always a good time. If you're gonna spend your money anyway, you don't pay anymore, and they give us a little a little. You got shirts and hats? We had mugs, but we just sold out. We've got a listener who's actually talking about develop or designing a, a logo mm-hmm. so we'll uh i'm gonna make a hat that has your picture on it and it says i have chunks of guys like cernovich in my <laughs> stool that would be a big seller <laughs> <laughs> and with that we will leave you thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you next time until then for Brittany page adam g simon i am jesse dollimore and this has been i doubt it Let's get into this woman, because I know I know Al-Qaeda. I know everything about it. I speak to high-level people. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 